0: This is Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer, where we set the table for Christian conversations that explore the scripture, promote prayer, and seek to edify the body of Christ. For more information about Greenville House of Prayer or to contact us, please visit our website at o r g or connect with us on Facebook at Greenville House of Prayer. Now
1: for today's broadcast. And welcome to Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer, where we explore the scriptures, promote prayer, and seek to build up or edify the body of Christ locally. And I was thinking about it on the way over here, Dustin, how we we seek to build up the body of Christ, which speaks to our intentions and our motivations, but doesn't mean that we actually are building up the body. Now, I was thinking it depends, I guess, on how we effectively communicate promoting prayer and building up the Scriptures. So, I mean, maybe if we become more professional radio people— what do you think? Well,
2: I think we just control the input. That, that that's our intention, and we we'll let the Lord take care of the uh, <laughs> of the results to whether or not it's actually happening. Or, yeah.
1: You know, well, so. I hope we're doing a good job and and with that, and which we really do. I think we and really think do make our heart, the effort. Our to explore the scriptures. Oh, absolutely. Now today we're. we're having a, an interview episode, and yes. I'm usually not here. I am out of here for the inter- interview episode. You are.
2: I'm glad you're here today to help with the uh, the interview. Curtis is our normally one of our interview folks. He's not with us today. Not, not so. with
1: us today, and then our special guest is someone I've gotten to know a good bit since last summer, and so for those two reasons, I, I, I kind of wanted to be here, and, yeah. and um, so we're excited to introduce our friend, uh lawrence lance how are you lawrence
0: doing fine it's a pleasure to be here today yeah, yeah here yeah.
1: absolutely so i remember you reached out to us last summer and you and i got some coffee together and i just was just yes. really blessed by it and and lawrence has been on the mission field in uganda for about i think it's about 13 years and yes now he's been in the local area now in, in in the upstate in the greenville area for maybe about two years now yes yep and um but since last summer, you reached out to us. We've seen you a lot. You've been coming to our jihad meetings, which is really fun oh, for, yes. <laughs> for us and, um, and encourages us, And I, which I think they're great meetings to, for Christians from different churches to come together mm-hmm. who are passionate about prayer. We're just so glad that you, we've gotten to know you in that way. And, and so I, I am curious, though. I, wanted, I thought a good first question is just to ask what prompted you to uh, reach out to us. Sure. You know, last summer,
0: yeah. Well, sure, I had found out uh, on the internet about G-Hop, and I'd, I knew you're, you were strong believers in prayer, and that's what really drew me to you. And uh, I was just so blessed by coming out, getting to meet everyone, and the friendships that I've developed through G-Hop have just been gold. Yeah. And so uh, there's the blessing of meeting together and then the friendships that have resulted and just how we can pray for one another and lift each other up bear one another's burdens, and, and then get together and pray. And it's just, it's been a great experience. It really has. The Jihad prayer meetings, which, by
2: the way, meet on the second and fourth Fridays. month. That yes, that's correct, at 7.30, is
1: that right? 7, seven, seven to okay. 8.30. 7 8.30, yeah. Had, We've had moved it around her. a few times.
2: 7 but 8.30, but yes, yeah. exactly. So, it was Saturdays, right? Yeah, but I figured that was a good time to mention that, <laughs> since we're talking about that and how you guys met there. So, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and I think... I think it's good to say, and I think our listeners know this: we are 100% for local churches, and and going to a local church on Sunday morning mm-hmm. is is really, I mean, it's, it's, for 2,000 years been a tradition of Christians. I mean, that's what we do: we meet at local churches. But G Hop's been great just for having extra time, uh, extended time, either hour and a half or two hours, dedicated to prayer. And an atmosphere of worship and you know
2: and people from different churches from coming different together churches. And different, yes. yeah exactly locally
1: yeah. and lawrence has been a part of that which has been great and yeah. and also you said you got to know some friends i mean i think you've been coming to there's been like a monday morning with some men sometimes yes. we're there yeah. and, and monday morning good. we
0: meet together for prayer as well and that's with g-hop guys and it's just been it's been so good to have deep christian friends that really love the lord and want to see him move and uh, so it's been a blessing
1: Now, could you tell us a little bit about what, about just about your story, maybe introduce yourself and tell us how you ended up in Uganda, of all places, for for 13 years?
0: Sure. Yeah, I grew up in the Midwest in uh, South Dakota. College brought me out to the East Coast was an electrical engineer for Lockheed Martin for 10 years. And while at church out near Philadelphia at Valley Forge Baptist Temple, I got to see missionaries come through our church on a regular basis. And it really touched my heart for missions. Uh, So much so that I thought, you know, I'm going to begin making preparations to go to the mission field. And so it was back in 2000 where I quit my job as an engineer, went on staff at church and prepared for about two years. And mm-hmm. then went to Uganda, Africa, with my family. Uh, six children, two boys, four girls. <laughs> and you had all six of them when you went to Uganda? or uh, Five, you... and then five. our sixth was actually born uh, while English. we were on the field. Okay. Yep. Okay. yep. And uh, went there as a church planter. And uh, in Uganda, we were about six hours north of the capital city, just in a small, remote uh, town. And When I say remote, we were the only white couple in the county. So it was... So what's just the capital the of Uganda? Is
1: it Kampala? Is that it? What's yeah, it?
0: the capital is Kampala. Oh. And the people there were beautiful. Uh, yeah. The Ateso people and I uh, gave myself to learning the language. But it wasn't until I really started prayer and deep prayer in about the 12th year I was there that we really saw God mm. unlock the hearts and just open uh, people to the gospel message that blew me away. And I hope to just tell you parts of that even today, but it, yeah. it was the result of prayer. Prayer really was doing things that we couldn't get done just through our own efforts.
2: So after 12 years, I mean, obviously, before going and being trained, you knew that prayer was important, I mean, the entire time. So, yes. But, but what happened in that, What. What changed, sure. or what did you learn in your heart to know? Okay, prayer needs to kind of be the linchpin, or if you feel as though they needed a, an increased focus on that in that twelfth year.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, I was very methodical going into it um, in in terms of church planting. I gave myself for the first two to three years to learn that Nilo-Hamitic language, and there is no the language. Lang- uh, the, the language, the Ateso well, what, language. What'd you say though? The oh uh, nilo hemitic It's just the language group. Uh, that a is in 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 that's interesting in no, I, just, languages. I
1: never heard that before he'll be doing the rest of the episode <laughs> and, <that might> <laughs> no, but, and, and i'm still not that great in it but yeah. uh so how long
0: n- did you spend studying that oh about two and two and a half years okay. and just at a coffee table i mean there was no language school wow. you could go to no books and to help with and so you're doing it from scratch but it was because i believed faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and yeah, they needed to hear the word of God right over home plate, where they in their language where they, yeah. language, yeah. where they could understand yeah. it. That's cool. And so after that, uh, I put all my eggs in one basket, and that was preaching. And it took me a very long time each week to make the messages. I'm talking 40 hours, 45 hours prep time to have a half hour message in a Teso to be able to speak it, and. Mark all the tone patterns on my message. There was a lot going into it. And the church grew. And, you know, people were coming to Christ. And, you know, people were following in baptism. But it was just slow going. Mm -hmm. It was slow going. And what changed my heart was I began to really see the hurt of the community and that our efforts were going so slow. The people over there die very early, you know, just very young deaths. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're constantly at the hospital. You're constantly going uh, to burials, and God began to open my eyes to more of the hurt and the pain in the community in a way I couldn't escape. Our region was given to witchcraft. Uh, a lot of witch doctors around, both men witch doctors, women witch doctors. Our our tribe was known for drunkenness, and the old men would go to the drinking holes early in the morning. And, and stay into the night hours. Uh, the women many times were abandoned by their husbands trying to raise their children in mud huts. There was just a, a, real, a real darkness, uh, so dark. I remember on a Christmas Eve where a grandmother uh, that lived a half block away from my house was gang raped and murdered on a Christmas Eve and these things were just weigh so heavily on my heart. And so it got to the point where I, I couldn't cover it up by just watching a movie or trying to do an activity or a hobby. Um, so there was pain of heart when I'd go mm. out in the community and feel their pain. And even in the home where my marriage needed some real work and there was kind of a distance in my marriage and I, I wanted a, a closer marriage. So in and out of the home, I had this pain of heart that drove me to go out and pray and when I, when I mean pray, not just going out for 10, 15-minute walk, but to go out walking. If it took hours, it took hours, but to go out each day until the pain stopped. And in about a three-week window, God gave me, um, he finally gave me much comfort. And uh, to where my heart really felt uh, cared for and comforted by him so that I could begin praying in earnest now for others. He had helped me in my Christian life at that point, and now I, I was able to now move forward in prayer for others. And that's when I began to really, in earnest, pray for the people, mm. and to try to pray in detail. And I just wanna encourage anyone out there uh, to really make prayer a, uh, a vested interest in your life and to, to pray in detail. I'm talking open-eye praying, where you are praying down a list, you're praying for multiple things uh, for someone, in my case, it was for the community, and I had a great interest in, in revival, a great interest in God coming and touching the whole town. I didn't just want my church to win. I wanted all the churches, all the gospel-preaching churches in town to win. I wanted God to lift the whole community.
1: Yeah, that's powerful, Lawrence. I um, I guess I'm thinking about um, maybe just some of the darkness that you saw and that you experienced that maybe maybe even deeper than that what many of us or our listeners have seen or experienced and i can imagine just getting to the point where maybe you've been practicing what you've been preaching every week and and you're just like i can't like i don't know the answer i mean you probably got to the point where you're just yes. I, don't, I don't know how to move forward and and it kind of got to this place where you needed god you know you needed yes. the lord and his holy spirit mm. to move in and among you if
0: and to help, and to help, yeah, to many come times. alongside, right? Yeah, I mean, many times I didn't know the answer. I mean, uh, on the mission field, many times you're you're second guessing. You're you're like, Lord, why am I doing this? And uh, I don't see the results I'm I'm looking for. And I think I knew instinctively from the time I was saved that prayer is the answer. Mm-hmm. But then I was,
1: got kind of your question, Dustin. I got yeah. so yeah. wrapped
0: up in in the mechanics of it all, yeah. the mechanics of church planting that I really was missing this vibrant power that's available through the Holy Spirit as we pray to our Father. And uh, it was just a, such an encouraging time to spend that time with the Lord because he was the one that had the answers. He's the only one who is able to, to deliver the people.
1: Now we're here with our, our friend, uh, Lawrence Lance, if you're just tuning in. Um, who we've gotten to know over the last seven, eight months or so, he's he's telling us some of his story about being in the mission field in Uganda for 13 years and how it that last year <clears throat> after 12 years of really plowing and just you know being difficult and really hard and seeing the pain of people around you and um, you really came to the place of prayer that 13th year and so maybe you could tell us some more about that 13th year.
0: Sure. So I was, the place, I was at the place where I was desperate, and desperate can be a good thing, exactly. a very good thing in the Christian life, because you'll try, finally try something new in desperation. you step out in
2: faith sometimes, too, at that place of desperation. Yes, right, sir. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was, so I was alerting churches to pray. I wasn't the only one who prayed, but I was praying, I was fasting, and uh, really taking God at his word. Finally, just saying, okay, Lord, you've said ask and you shall receive. I'm going to be asking here. Mm. And you claim to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think? Okay, here goes, you know. And mm-hmm. I, um, and he was teaching my heart that, that he w- had a – the first question I actually had to answer in my own heart that God was dealing with me was, is God's heart good towards me mm. as a Christian? And that may sound very simple, but I, I, I believe I had to know that going forward, that, that God was for me mm. in this. That he was walking with me, and did you
1: feel like he was against you at times?
0: Not against me, but but there was a loneliness, and uh, because I hadn't spent a lot of time with the Lord and exploring Him in prayer, and uh, just taking the time to to talk to Him, and He's He's the most interesting person you could ever talk to, yeah. and I was ignoring Him in many cases. Well, it's
1: easy to do, I think, for many. Christians just because we can't see God, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that very fact, you know? Yeah. And so he's maybe the most interesting person we can talk to, but we don't always do that, you yeah. know?
2: And even yeah. even good things can be distractions. Even good intentions yes. can be distractions in our life yes, often. Yes, Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: And so uh, as the result of this time of prayer, and probably uh, on all, all told was about a year of praying, little over a year, we finally went out and did some evangelistic work in the villages. But the terrain, the spiritual terrain, I believe had vastly changed. And uh, we had one meeting in one of the villages, the very first one, not much response. A couple people came forward to be prayed for. But the second meeting, everything broke loose. And suddenly uh, 15 young men Wanted to receive Jesus as their Savior, and they said, "No matter where you take this message, we're on page, we're on board, we're going to go with you." And of course, I'm worried about mechanics still. I'm, you know, it was raining all over our our speakers, our how this logistically going to work? Yeah, you know, I was worried about weather and stuff, and the weather had no bearing on what God was doing. I learned uh, very soon that you don't even need to pray about the weather; you just need to ask God to come and be part of the meeting and pray for His involvement. The third meeting we had, the third uh, village, hard-drinking village. They really listened. No one came forward for salvation. Just a group of about 50 children uh, came forward um, to be prayed over. But after that, in the fourth village, it was just, it was on. God was moving in a way that none of us had ever seen. Uh, Our meetings were set up in such a way where we would go out, uh, in little crossroads in these little towns, you got to think of a little 1880s town. Dirt road, couple storefronts on each side. We would find an empty lot, a, a side lot, maybe an empty soccer field. And-
1: I wasn't alive during the 1880s, so I don't know
0: exactly <laughs> <laughs> Watch what Western. that was like. <laughs> I can sort of uh, remember. Or, <laughs> I was really young then. Or do
1: I we need to go ahead. out to where some of our listeners live? And I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> other parts of... I mean, South Carolina, we're covering a lot, large part of South Carolina. A lot Carolina. of dirt roads in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah there's sure, a lot of dirt roads. We need true. to get those people in Columbia to fix those dirt roads, right? Yeah. I guess. Isn't that the big thing to argue about in
0: Columbia? This is a big distraction. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> focus, <laughs> Joseph. I it, was, uh, <laughs> it was, you know, your little dirty, dusty town. Yeah. And uh, a crowds of maybe 200, 300, our largest might have been 400 people would, would surround us, completely encircle us uh, as we had our choir there, our sound system there, and we would sing, give testimony, and preach.
2: Now, I'm sorry, us is the members of your uh, church? Who, so who is some the members, yes.
0: yes, some members from my church. Okay. But it was really just to uh, call the people to prayer, and uh, I thought really that the, the need was— prayer, prayer, and more prayer. But what I was to find out is at this time, their hearts were prepared. And we would have maybe 15, 20 adults saved in each meeting. God was saving them in groups. And that was different than I had Hmm. ever experienced. They didn't even count the number of uh, children coming to the Lord. Uh, They were just... You know, only counting adults. It was kind of strange how they do it. It's the Bible
2: counting system, the Bible. Yeah, I don't know how they (laughs) count children. It wasn't (laughs) about
0: numbers, but I will say when revival does hit, it is altogether different than a season of church growth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when the first 100, 200, 300, 400 new converts roll in, the amount of raw work. And the need to to help these young converts is huge. And God was reaching down. He was saving Satan worshipers. He was saving uh, one young man, I believe, was in bestiality. I mean, he was reaching down mm. to, to some people really locked in darkness and freeing them and doing stuff way above my pay grade. I mean, mm-hmm. there was the time they brought in a, a possessed man. I, I In these open-air things, you have to understand there was all types of people from the community, from drunks... To thieves, to anyone, and in one case there was a man running around attacking people, and it took about four strong men to subdue him, and they tied him up and bound him in this nylon rope and just kind of dropped him in the middle of all of in the middle of the meeting. You you had to deal with it, you know, and I had no prep <laughs> on how to deal with that, uh, a demon possession or anything, and so we we prayed for him and kind of just parked him to the side, while the while the program continued. Uh, Meanwhile, the guys had hooked up the lights the wrong way and blew about 20% of the lights. So now we're operating with this two 100-watt light bulbs, and I had to run to the car to turn the car's headlights on. And uh, we kept praying, though, for, for this young man. We would pray as a group, three or four of us, just gently lay hands on him. Nothing happened. I went over, prayed again. Nothing happened. But I remember Jesus saying, you know, this kind only comes out but by prayer. So I thought, well, maybe that's just sustained prayer where you just don't give up easy. And I remember we prayed from the third and uh, this young man suddenly had control of his faculties. He was no longer shaking and agitated, you know, because he was shaking against the ropes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, this, he just then slid out of the ropes like it was nothing and, but very weak. And so we kind of half-walked him, half-dragged him over to where the sound system was and uh, parked him there while we continued with the meeting. Well, uh, as the meeting went on, you know, I'm, I'm still going over to the car, making sure everything's okay with the car. And one time when I was over at the car, there was a young man up testifying. Huh. And I'm like, what's going on? And The, the people, same young man? Well, yeah, I was, to, I was to find out it was the same young man. And our choir director said, uh, pastor, you know, what what happened was while you were gone at the car, you know, we had ministered to him and talked to him and asked if he wanted to receive Jesus as his Savior. And he said, yes, he, he wanted to receive Jesus as his Savior. And so he did, and he's up now testifying of that fact. Wow. And so By the time just, you go to the car to fix the lights. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. and so The people so there God,
1: led him to the Lord. and uh, People had
0: led him to the Lord, and so God was on the move, and God wow. knew all this stuff was going to happen for a reason and for him to get the glory and so he was being lifted up in the community in great ways with how he was simply delivering people and so i hold out a great burden in my heart to see it happen again Mm -hmm. even right here in greenville uh just a, a great need to pray for the community and to see god move because i believe god can do anything after i saw him touch those lives over there i just believe there's no hard case for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> there just you, isn't. Did you
1: continue to have more meetings after that, or or because this was yes. about a year time frame?
0: Uh, about you? a four only about a four month time frame, okay. and uh, just going to the different villages, and God was touching hearts to such an extent that many times we would give an invitation after the messages, and nothing. But then ten minutes later, during the choir singing time. People start to come forward saying, I, I want to receive Christ. I want to receive him right now. And so it wasn't on the preacher's timetable. It was when the Holy Spirit was tapping their hearts. It could, people would come forward during testimony time. There were times we had to stop the choir two or three times, stop the program cold because people were coming forward, wanting to kneel down, receive Christ in front of all their family and friends. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was very powerful what the Lord was doing. It was, and when I say it was on, it was just no question. It it was, God was the new sheriff in town. And uh, it was, uh, and the the testimonies were were raw. The testimonies were very powerful. Some of the preachers were like, you know, Lawrence, have them calm down a little bit and dial down and not not, not go into some of the, the sinful activities they had just come out of. But I I was seeing how they were just sharing from the heart, and it was powerfully touching the community. So I just let them run with it. And and the Lord had everything in control. But uh, still, as I was trying to lead the whole uh, event, I was spending a lot of my time praying, God, just please don't let this thing get out of hand. Because it was a large, swirling crowd. It was nighttime in Africa. I had some uh, policemen trying to help, you know, walk through the crowds at times and, um, you know, just that we wouldn't fall into something, you know, silly or foolish in the midst of all this. Because when when there was music and singing, there's a lot of movement, you know. In in Uganda, they know nothing of music and standing still. So you got a swirling, dancing crowd at times when the music and the choir would sing and just a lot of joy and families, children running around. It was something else. Well, thank you for sharing
1: that. I mean, it's sure. it's great to hear. It's great to hear of a season in another part of the world and where people are coming out of darkness and by the dozens or the hundreds or over a four-month period and to see the, the, the difference between laboring for 12 years, which there's value in that, and sure. maybe that 12 years built up to this time to a change of perspective and focus on prayer, and I love that you said you go you would you would go on walks. I like to go on walks too because it helps me to focus. I think mm-hmm. I think you said that when you go, went to pray, and just yes. to having that having that focus on prayer, realizing that you can't do this work, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 um, and then seeing the power of God. I you know the scripture one of the scriptures that really impacted me in my youth, about the time I was in college, was where. Paul says to Timothy that we don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound Sounds mind. And Amen. I think, you know, when we are walking in the spirit, when we are in the place of prayer, we begin to see that power, begin to, f- to understand the love of God and, and have a, a, mm-hmm. a better mind on things, you know? Um, but that is, I love hearing the story of the power. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: What I'll, do you think? Yeah, I'm, I was just, as you were talking, I love the, and for our listeners out there, the the stories that give them a, a message of hope and that's what the gospel is it's a and, message uh, of yes. hope that, that you were not you know I, I I think in my human mind I think about that like redemption you know there there's different links of I mean uh, uh what's what I'm looking for links of depravity like oh man if someone who's you know going through, you said, bestiality or drunkenness or these great things. And man, that's like a terrible sin. And I bet God, but that's not the way the Lord works. It's not, there's not links of depravity. He he can reach and redeem anyone at any point in time uh, in his ways. And so I just think it's a it should give us hope for family members and friends absolutely. and people that we know that no matter where they are, we're not, they're not outside the reach of redemption of what the Lord wants to do and longs to do. And, and this encouragement to you who have been praying for your son or daughter or been praying for your spouse or been praying for your mother or father. I've been praying and praying to keep praying yes, and absolutely. keep believing and keep having faith because the scripture says the Lord is no respecter of persons. What he's done in the movement he wants to do in Uganda and the revival he wants to see happen and that's one of the reasons we're gonna get into the next episode of one of the reasons you're here for like you're here in Greenville is you believe the Lord wants to do things like that in Greenville or wherever yes. it is that we're located and yeah. called and so, so it should be an encouragement to us not that that's a missionary that we heard on the radio that did something in this foreign land but it's the same God he's the same yesterday absolutely um, today and, then yes. and forever and it's also the same then as or there as he is here so I talked too long. Sorry no, about that. I know we run out of time. <laughs> let me let me just
1: close in prayer yeah. and thank you, Lawrence, for being with us. And sure. Lord, we ask for that. We pray for all the people who are laboring for the kingdom, even here, and all the people who are still laboring for the kingdom of God in Africa, that they would lean into the place of prayer wherever they are. Feel like they can't do it. They they're they're at their at the end of what they can manage, that they would start to turn to you in prayer, mm. and that we would see, and I especially pray here in this area, that we would see the power of God, the power of the, and the move of the Holy Spirit in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Thank you again for joining us today. I hope you are blessed by what you heard. I know that I was. Um, join us next time where we'll continue the conversation with uh, Lawrence to hear, continue to hear what the Lord's doing uh, in him. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's broadcast of Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer. We pray you've been encouraged and hope you'll join us next week as we continue to host Christian conversations that explore the scripture, promote prayer, and edify the body of Christ. For more information about Greenville House of Prayer or to contact us, please visit our website at ghopsc.org or connect with us on Facebook at the Greenville House of Prayer.